Hey, it's John from the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast. We had such a great conversation with Lisa Pack a while ago, and we weren't able to fit all the content into that one episode. But we really wanted to offer it as an, an extra little bit for you guys to listen to because it was such a great conversation. And so this little outtake is us discussing Bible translation, Bible literacy, mission to the diaspora, and some of the work that the Canadian Bible Society does. We hope you'll enjoy it and be really encouraged by it. So, Lisa, just for our listeners, tell us a little bit about your work with the Canadian Bible Society. As an organization, what are you passionate about and what do you hope to see? My position at the Canadian Bible Society is regional director for Ontario none of it. So it's mm-hmm. a huge landmass. Like I before again, before this job I was in Singapore and that's like a tiny thing. And now I've got all this landmass. And our focus is for this season is scripture translation and engagement. And scripture translation, what we've recognized is that, number one, um, under the policy of the United Bible Societies, we are responsible for Canadian languages. So, number one, the Indigenous and Inuit languages, mm-hmm. which is an important thing. Like, the history is just so difficult with um, our First Nations people groups. And what we want to do is be able to engage them with the scripture and make the scripture available in the languages that they prefer, their heart language. But also what we're finding is that, especially in the urban centers, you're getting immigrants. And one of the unique projects that we have now is retranslating or revising the Punjabi Bible, the whole thing. Because Punjabi pastors, Punjabi-speaking pastors in Western Canada came to us and said, there's so many errors in what we have. It's almost embarrassing, their words, to hand it out to someone because they're like, there's so many inconsistencies, errors. And so what we had to do was we contacted the Indian Bible Society, got permission to revise it with their Punjabi-speaking team. So we're, um, we're, we have pastors cool. who are Punjabi-speaking, native Punjabi-speaking pastors helping us revise this. And the revision that is being done in partnership with the Canadian Bible Society will be the Punjabi version that's going to be shared worldwide for Punjabi speaking um, people. And that's incredible too. So scripture translation is definitely something that we're working on. And then engagement. Mm-hmm. The diaspora people groups here. I don't know if you know Johnson Sue, but he's with the International Student Ministries Canada. Yeah. And he said to me, Lisa, I feel like because we haven't been sending enough missionaries, God's now just like, okay, I'll bring them to your door. Can you do something now? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Especially in the city. Yeah. Yeah. In the city, yes. it's oh, incredible yes. the amount of diversity we have. Yeah. And so now, how do we engage? Because here's the other thing when an international student from China comes to here to U of T, mm-hmm. they're going to go back. Yeah. And we're able to equip them, train them to help or to deal with the situation. They're not all of them are going to stay. Mm-hmm. But even the ones who are staying, you're getting a generation that is bicultural, bilingual, tri-lingual, tricultural, some of them. And they're able to navigate what the kingdom of God mm-hmm. um, is going yeah. to be in the next decade. That's powerful. So we're really into the engagement of diaspora people groups. And like I said, the young generation. Mm-hmm. I think we underestimate them vastly. They're not as superficial as people have assumed. (laughs) (laughs) How do you find like working between like two very different landmass? Because like you're the director of Ontario and none of it, Mm -hmm. which is like our new territory. Yeah, man. Yes, I remember when it came in. Like this is when I was in high school. We're like, oh my goodness, none of it. Dating us. (laughs) Yes, truly. Yeah. 
I'm actually I'm leaving for none of it tomorrow morning for the first time. The Canadian Arctic, I feel, is a totally different world. And what a privilege for Canada to have so many different cultures in one huge country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be my first experience up there. And I suspect that it is very different. I've spoken mm-hmm. to some people from none of it. We had an Inuit lady, Mina, come down to Toronto and I sat with her and just hearing is it like I'm like, it's vastly different. Mm-hmm. But I think what a privilege it is. Yeah. Um, I do ask everyone for a lot of prayer because it is a big landmass, and I'm not sure how effectively to go forward, but I'm open. I'm game. Whatever the right. Lord gives to me, I'm game. But if that means that I also have to share that workload, then I'm game too. I just want to be able to serve those people well and to just get to know their community. If you really want to serve somebody, you got to know who they oh, are. Sure. So it's not yeah, like yeah. I, I hope I don't convey this. That's not my, like, listen, we're the Canadian Bible Society. We're going to help you. Like, Maybe we need the help right. in understanding how yeah. to reach out and how to reconcile. So right now, for me, it's an orientation trip. Yeah. I just want to nice. go up there, see what it's like, it's cool. the beautiful nature, yeah. the language, everything. And so the pace of life would be very different. The pace of life is very different, and yeah. the climate itself yeah. is so different. So I hope it's a learning experience yeah. for me, and I can come back with the beginnings of ideas on how to navigate cool. ministry up there. This might be a weird inside question. Maybe that's something you'll find out when you get there. Are there any Asian churches in Nineveh? I've heard, and this was through Mina as well, that there was a Korean um, woman who is um, doing ministry up there with the Anglican Church, I believe. So Um, so that's interesting to see. The other thing is that we recognize that Asians, those of us who have Asian descent, we look a lot more similar to our First Nations people Mm -hmm. groups. And maybe that's something we need to use to our advantage in sharing the gospel. Mm -hmm. So thoughts go through my head um, when we think about the missions or the reconciliation projects that we need to engage with. Yeah. And thinking about how God is already mobilizing people all over Mm -hmm. for his work. Mm -hmm. And that'd be so cool. I I wonder what that conversation is going to be like. It's like, hey, what's going on? That Mm -hmm. that is very unique and very special too. Because like being a part of the Asian diaspora, like there are Asians literally everywhere mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in every continent in every country in the most remote areas and it was like there's a chinese or you know like a yeah a convenience mm-hmm. store that's run by asians and it's like how did you guys get here mm-hmm. well there was an opportunity mm-hmm. and you know i think we were we were meeting with another pastor david fitch and he was saying how like one of the earliest uh movement of missions is in diasporic missions is when people had to leave mm-hmm. and move they just brought it there the migrants, like even yeah. the migrant crisis that we're seeing coming out of um, the Middle East and Europe and sometimes touching us, even from Latin America coming up north, it's the movement of people. Yeah. And what I'm grateful about Canada, and that was, again, one of the reasons why I wanted to serve at the Canadian Bible Society, is that I don't know where – it's not the same place where it was, but it was those Christian values of welcoming the foreigner and sharing the gospel that allowed mm-hmm. for immigrants. And there were points in history that were pretty dark, like mm-hmm. with the Japanese concentration camps during World War II. Absolutely. There are, there are dark points, but overall it was that mentality that even opened the door for immigrants to come. And I think we do need to acknowledge that and credit that to the Christian leaders and to the people who – it's hard to shake your prejudices, right? Sure. Um, and it, that was a big movement of the heart and to send their kids. Like I, it, it, I think we owe a debt of grace and we pay it forward. Mm-hmm. So thinking about the Canadian Bible society and your desire to make sure that everyone has a Bible, it's in their own language and wanting to sh- spread the gospel. What have you guys observed about 
what the kind of current state of of understanding the Bible is, like in terms of culture. And you also mentioned not underestimating youth. So I'm going to wrap this question in with mm-hmm. this. From what you have observed, do people understand the Bible? Are people Bible literate? Do they understand the gospel? Mm. What have you seen? Now, by young people, I'm going to reach a little bit above the millennials. There's a lot of biblical illiteracy. You, Because you know the stories. You know the story of David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den, and you think you know the stories because you know the kind of like the big milestone points. But the subtleties of that story, my goodness, mm-hmm. the craziness of Daniel's life. Mm-hmm. And to for those boys, and Daniel wasn't even there. It was just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be thrown into the fire and to say even if God doesn't save us. I think there is a lack of um, biblical um, literacy. On the same token, this will touch upon the young generation. I find that they want to know those details, Mm. and there is a hunger for them. I don't know that many of the um, young old pastors or old young pastors, you know, the generation right before them, are equipped to go that deep in. And I don't think this young generation is a lost generation. Dr. Tony Evans said this. He's a pastor down in um, Texas, and he said that this generation is not a lost young generation. They're the product of a lost generation. But I find that they're interested in things that are spiritual, and if we encourage them in the pursuit of truth and we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that is where they're going to end up. If that young person has an honest desire to discover truth. Mm. I think we shy away from some hard questions like gender identity, mm-hmm. homosexuality, abortion, yeah. free will. And it's kind of like, oh, you don't question that. That was a previous generation that was just able to buy into the authority of somebody. But now we're getting a generation that is wary of that. Post authority. Yes. Yeah. And why not? Look at the condition of the political leaders right. of the world, mm-hmm. right? And so... I love their interests. I love their curiosity. That will make us, that will challenge us pastors to answer them well, but also be honest when we don't know the answers um, and to have an honest conversation with them. Um, So I think one one of the reasons why we want to encourage Bible engagement at the Bible Society is because we want people to know and we encourage the Bible to read the stories for themselves and we're non-denominational and then go to your pastors and your denominations for that specific teaching. Right. Mm -hmm. Here's a question, like along, like following up what you were saying. Mm-hmm. So, how do you foresee like CBS partnering with local churches and denominations? Like, mm-hmm. what would that? What would the, what would the ideal mm-hmm. look like? On the on the very practical level, we have over a hundred and forty, hundred and fifty foreign language resources. Mm-hmm. Like, we have Bibles in Chinese, in um, Swahili, in Korean, in Haitian. Um, we have all these languages, and I think that's perfect for the demographic of urban Canada right now. And slowly, you're seeing that kind of demographic shift in the rural areas as well. And so, at least, number one, we have the Bible available in the heart languages of the immigrants are coming here. Farsi is one of the ones that are yeah, really being requested, really right? Yeah. Uh, why not? At least let them read it, right? And they can judge for themselves. And then what we also hope to see in terms of partnership is the diaspora churches, honestly, doesn't have to be through Canadian Bible Society, but giving back to Canada as a nation Mm -hmm. to rebuild those cores and to, you know, pray for the Canadian leaders. Yes, we talk about the fact that, yes, many of them aren't representative of demographics, but we will get there. 
because our kids are growing up. And in that while, show that kind of love in that servitude and praying and working with the denominations, encouraging them, thanking them for the work that they have done in establishing the country, but also encouraging, just like the Gentile Christians had to be really grafted in Mm -hmm. into the Jewish Christian community. I think you see that kind of pattern here as well. The diaspora Christian leadership Mm -hmm. and the young people being grafted into what is Canadian. That's cool. Because we are all Canadian. I feel Canadian more than I... Like, when the Olympics are on, I choose Canada, and then I go for Korea. Like, it's just, I am Canadian. You're Canadian. Canadian. You're Canadian. I pulled my naked son out of the bath just to see the Canadians walk through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's loyalty right there. That's loyalty. Mm-hmm. I think what I would also love to see is... Um, for example, the Korean church and the Chinese church are working a little bit closer together. Mm-hmm. The diaspora groups are so separated sometimes. And yeah, it's out of necessity because of language. Right. But again, that is soon not going to be an issue because we all speak English. For sure. Right? And yeah. that yeah. needs to happen at a level of diverse unity. Mm-hmm. Do you think there are cultural barriers preventing that from happening? Oh, absolutely. Like even within the Asian culture, there's like a hierarchy of which Asian is better and the light <laughs> color of your skin. And it's ridiculous. It's and, you know, we always point to the white-black relationship and the tensions there, yeah. but the point finger points right back at us. Like, yeah. even in within, the, I know, within the Chinese yeah. community, if you're of a darker skin color, it's like you're a farmer yeah. and you, we mm-hmm. don't want you to marry our white, white, white skin-colored um, daughter. It's ridiculous. Even the Cantonese Mandarin. Yeah, yeah like, the Hong Kong, Kong, yeah, and the Taiwan. Huge, and the, so. so it's very interesting to see, and I think um, that's where you get the advantage of diaspora kids who grew up here. They're right. used to. Why can't mm-hmm. I have a Muslim friend? Why can't mm-hmm. I have a Japanese friend, so. even if I'm Korean? Why? Like, what's your problem, mom, dad? And it pushes some of those conversations into a very difficult zone. But again, we've got to have these. Yeah, it could be a great opportunity to, to talk about the gospel too, Absolutely. about reconciliation. You know how in 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 God's family in the kingdom, you know there are no Jew mm-hmm. Gentile. There's yep. no yep. you know Chinese, Chinese. Korean. Yes. Like I'm all about history and knowing your context. So for example, it's important for Koreans to know about the era of Japanese colonization. I think Mm -hmm. it was like 36 years or something, but there's one thing to know the history and then to have that chip on your shoulder. What young people who are in the Canadian or the uh, multicultural context don't have is a chip on the shoulder. They can learn to have it Mm -hmm. because hate is learned, but it's that balance between not being ignorant about what happened, right. but also it's not your problem anymore. You don't have to make it your problem. You can, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. And thank you guys so much for tuning in and listening today. We really appreciate all of you guys, and we love hearing from you. So please leave us some feedback. Get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter, or email. And if you haven't done so already, please rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. That really helps us get this conversation out. We love being able to engage this space and be able to invite others into it. Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you later.